Or I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Clutch Sports Talk with me, your host, Ryan Flowers. What's going on? Thank you guys for listening in. You got a lot of options out there as far as podcasts are concerned, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate that. So I'm going to keep giving you guys what you need, whether you're in the car, home, relaxing, chilling out, whatever it is that you're doing, I got the sports news and the stories you guys want to listen to. Today, we got a good show for you guys. We're going to be talking about Roger Goodell's apology, in essence, that he made last weekend. And also, how, how does that work for Colin Kaepernick? Will he get us a job coming into the next season? I'm going to be uh, talking about quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was in the news recently in regards to his comments about Tua, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, the high draft pick that they had. Basically, he said, let the kid play. I'm going to touch base a little bit on Dak Prescott's contract situation and where the Cowboys stand with him. And to do that, I'm going to have a special guest, uh, a friend of the show. He hosts the Jokers Court. His name is Sam Hassert. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly, but he'll he'll check me when he comes on. And lastly, we're going to talk to uh, the Sports Oracle. Well, who's that? Yeah, the Sports Oracle. He's the guy I go to anytime I need odds. And what odds are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the NBA odds. He's going to come by, stop by the show, and briefly talk about early odds odds with the uh, NBA going into this 22-team format situation that we got going. So the Sports Oracle will be here. Ooh, it's a mystery who he is. So, But like I said, we got a great show for you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Let's get locked in. You guys ready? Let's go. So most of you have heard that Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner of the National Football League, recently uh, was on social media, came out, basically said, we got it wrong. We should have taken into consideration uh, more of the feelings of the players in the National Football League in regards to Colin Kaepernick's kneeling protest that he had a few years ago, almost three, four years ago, if I'm not mistaken. And he just basically went on social media, I believe it was, I don't know, Twitter? Maybe Twitter. I don't know, some social media platform. And he came out and he said, you know, we got it wrong and we're sorry. And at least I'm sorry. You know, it's good. I think it's a right step in the direction that, as a society, we we needed to see, especially coming from a commissioner of the most powerful league in the uh, in America, for Roger Goodell to come out and verbally say that we got it wrong and we messed up, and I'm sorry, basically. Now he didn't really apologize to Colin Kaepernick, but I'll kind of touch base on a little bit here in just a moment. He just said sorry overall, and he did not understand. And you know what? That's okay. At least it's something. Sometimes it takes people. Well, we all kind of learn different ways. We react to things differently. This is no different. At At the current time when this whole thing went down, Roger Goodell, the rest of the owners were like, no. Kneeling is disrespectful to the flag. Which... That really wasn't the case, but that's a whole nother episode for another day, another topic. But they did immediately 
pretty much put the kibosh on that. And now it looks like they're more they're more open to having dialogue and seeing more players protest. Let's just say this. There's going to be a lot of kneeling in the next NFL season. So for those of you who don't like it and, and don't appreciate it, guess what? It's going to be front and center every single moment, every single minute of a game or when the opportunity presents itself. So if you really love the National Football League, you're going to have to get past that. Me, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me much. So they want to kneel, they can kneel. They want to stand, they can stand. I just want to see the game because I want to see football. But back to what I was just saying about how people learn differently. Not everyone's perfect, and we all understand that. And especially during these times, these troubling times that we are in, especially from a race relation standpoint, it's very it's a very positive sign to see Roger Goodell, like I said, the most powerful commissioner in all of sports, come out and to say we got it wrong. And also, on top of that, not all of the owners knew that this was going to occur. He got out there. He, he, I mean, he may have discussed it with a few owners that he knows or who's clo- he's close with, but majority of the owners did not know he was going to go in, on social media and, and, and give that dialogue and that speech. So the owners are probably sitting in their you know, estates, wherever they live, and they're like, what is this guy doing? I, we, didn't, we didn't authorize this because at the end of the day, Roger Goodell answers to the owners and not the players. But in this instant, he is taking into consideration that majority of his league is African-American. And if he wants to, to see this brand continue to grow, especially under his regime, which it has, revenue streams are up, popularity is out the roof. But he realized during these troubling times when predominantly you're, 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 the makeup of your league is African-American, you got to work with him. You got to say, look, man, I get it. I messed up. My bad. You guys have some talk. You guys have a voice, so we'll see how that works. But it's very interesting that he came out and did that. Now, some people might say, well, Ryan, he's probably just doing that because pretty much he's being not pressured or forced, but during this racial climate that we're in, he kind of has to do that so that way the, the NFL can stay out in front of this. Like a lot of companies are coming out and saying that they're supporting their 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 African-American colleagues, you know, employees, et cetera, et cetera. And he could just be using this opportunity to come out and just try to be like, oh, yeah, you know, we got it wrong. I'm sorry. And, and it sounds good. It feels good. It makes people believe like, oh, okay, change is coming, right? I know some of you are thinking that. I thought it too. I'm still thinking that. Because today you can't trust a lot of people. And especially a guy like that who was a multimillionaire who helps run an organization for billionaires, was it just a PR stunt? That remains to be seen. So, but I'll stay positive and I'll, I'll say this. Like I said a few minutes ago, it's a good sign in the right direction. And I'll just say that. Now, how does this all relate to Colin Kaepernick? He's been out of the league, what, three years now. Let's be real. Some of you probably don't like him. I have mixed emotions about the guy from a quarterback standpoint. Could he play in the NFL? Yes, he can. He's better than most of the backups. 
in the NFL. And that's just from a football perspective. This has nothing to do with whether I agree with his politics, right or wrong. I'm purely talking about football. Can he play in the NFL? Yeah, he can. Because if you look at the landscape today, you look at a lot of the top quarterbacks, you know, your uh, Lamar Jackson's, Deshaun Watson's, Carson Wentz, the guys that run spread or read zone type of uh, offenses, he can do that. He was doing that back then when he was with uh, with John Harbaugh and when they had that run to the Super Bowl. So can he play? He probably can. He's probably better than half, more than half of the backups. Hell, he's probably better than the backup on your team, whoever your team is. So will he be given an opportunity? I think, looking into my crystal ball here, he'll be given a chance to make a case during a, someone's camp this season. Whether he makes the team or not, it, you know, that's, I don't know. But I will say this, someone will, someone will invite him. Because, and I, I think they should, especially from the league standpoint, it's going to show that the league is extending an olive branch to him. Because Roger Goodell never really apologized to Colin Kaepernick, per se. But we all know the whole the kneeling thing was started by Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Now, people have been kneeling before in other leagues, but most recently, Colin Kaepernick in the NFL was the guy that started this whole thing. And it led other players to start doing it. So can Colin Kaepernick play in the NFL today? He could, but, I mean, he's three years out of the league. He's not a starter. So if he believes that he's a starter, then he's got another thing coming because that's not – that's I don't think he can do that now. Some of you might think so, but me personally, a person that watches football very closely and understands the ins and outs, he's a backup. He's definitely a backup. Just think about it. You're driving, you're at your home right now. Think about your team. Who is your backup? I mean, I know my backup. I'm a Cowboys fan. And my backup is pretty decent. But if you're a Lions fan or if you're a, a Packers fan or Seattle or who else? The Giants. I mean, who is your backup? Who's the backup in uh, in Baltimore? Is it, is it RG3? It, it, it might be still be him. But still, my point is that Colin Kaepernick can still play in this league and he'll, he'll get invited to a camp somewhere. All right. So sticking in the NFL, Bruce Arians made some news uh, a few days ago. Uh, he was interviewed and he was asked about Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, the uh, high draft pick for the Miami Dolphins recently in this last draft, and whether or not would he benefit from actually sitting out a year and holding a clipboard and watching and letting Fitzy Fitzpatrick do his thing, or should he just go in and start? And Bruce Arians was like, you know what? No, let the kid play. What what, what good is he going to do from learning, or excuse me, sitting with a clipboard and learning the game that way when he can just be thrown to the fire and play? Now, I've touched on this a little bit recently in a, one of my previous podcasts. Um, and here's, here's the thing. There's two sides to this story. Quarterbacks today are far more equipped to handle a lot of things that are being thrown to them than ever before. They got training, coaching, different types of resources that quarterbacks have never had. I mean, a lot of kids have been bred to be quarterbacks since... I don't know, five, six years old. And, you know, and I know this very exclusively because I help coach quarterbacks specifically 
for the teams that I coach. So I know a lot is being bestowed upon these kids and then they mature, they become adults and then here and then, then they're boom, they're in the NFL. So I'm kind of with Bruce on this one. Um, this is a new age of quarterback. This is the definitely probably one of the best eras of quarterback play that we've had in quite some time with all the, the young talent that we've seen out there. And another thing I will say this, the NFL has adopted a lot of the college principles into their offenses. A lot of run pass options, RPOs is what they call them. A lot of shotgun formations. A lot of college coaches are jumping, leaving college and going straight into the NFL. And also you have a lot of young progressive play callers. You got Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Cliff Kingsbury in, in Arizona. These are guys that are, you know, late 30s, early 40s. They have a pulse on where football is at today. And so they're able to take what they see, translate it, and put it in their offense and give it to their quarterbacks because we all know that the wave of the future is through the air. So I, I think Tua actually is the best quarterback in this past draft. I mean, he has all the tools now. It's a question whether or not he can stay healthy because he hasn't been able to, you know, throughout his college career. But he's definitely the best quarterback in that draft class. Now, he didn't go number one because of the injuries, but he's got number one pick talent all the way through. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. He's got the smarts. He's got everything. So do I think that he can go into Miami and, and, and make some plays and, do, and get some wins? Yeah, he can. It's not going to be easy because the NFL is still hard, but he's got the talent to. And when you look at young quarterbacks, you know, you look at Kyler Murray in Arizona. The He's the offensive rookie player of the year and with a with a rookie head coach, if that who just came from college. Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach for Texas Tech. Had a cup of coffee with the Trojans down in Southern California. California, excuse me. And then he was hired to be the head coach. But a lot of their offense is college-based schemes. And Dak Prescott, you know, his first four years in the league, he's got over 25 wins. Granted, he has the luxury of having a, a good offensive lineman. He's got weapons. He's got Ezekiel Elliott in the back. But still, he's got to go out and make some of those throws. Now, he's not the best, but 25-plus wins is 25-plus wins straight out of college. And the Cowboys, early on in his career, they ran a lot of run option type plays. Now they kind of got away from it a little bit, but he can run the ball too. Carson Wentz as well. Arguably the best quarterback in the NFC East. Not by me, but I'm biased, but I won't let that come out in my show. But he also has benefited from a lot of um, run pass option in Doug Peterson's offense. And they do that quite a bit. So you see a lot of that now, especially look. I mean, look at the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, what he what he did or has done in the in the last two seasons. So they've been able to kind of look at it and say, you know what, what is it? What do these guys do best? And let's figure out how to way to do that. What did they do well in college, basically? And I'll use Jared Goff as an example. Now you're like, well, he he stunk in the beginning. Yeah, why? Because he had a, Jeff Fisher as the coach. His first year with Sean McVay, what happened? They go to the Super Bowl. 
it's not by coincidence. The guy has talent, but he was placed with a with a proper offensive play caller, and boom, here they go. They they invested on their offensive line. They fed Gurley the ball. I mean, it's all cumulative, but he was able to play in an offense which was tailored for him because why he threw a lot in college. Now they ran the ball, but I don't know if you guys remember that game. It was a, I think it was a Thursday night game in the Coliseum where it was like over 100 points combined against the Chiefs. Him and Patrick Mahomes duking it out and the Rams ended up winning, winning the game. You guys remember that game. That was an epic game, especially for a Thursday nighter. So we'll just have to wait and see. And another thing you got to, I mean, well, on, on top of that, you know, you, you do have guys that have sat out and, and have come into the league and have had success. You look at Patrick Mahomes, sat his first year behind Alex Smith, first year as a starter, wins the MVP, third year as a starter, he, or excuse me, second year as a starter, comes out and wins the Super Bowl. But I think he probably would have been solid to, from the jump. But Andy Reid, you know, a little conservative, went with Alex Smith at the time because they didn't really know a lot. I'll be honest. I did not think Patrick Mahomes would be as good as he is. I, I, I didn't think so. I, knew, I mean, I knew he had a good arm. Came from Texas Tech, you know, where a lot of quarterbacks there are scheme quarterbacks. But I know a lot of his teammates raved about him in the beginning, and I was like, well, I don't know, man. I mean, guy's got a cannon, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't see enough of him in college. So I got it wrong. I'll be the first to admit I got it wrong on him. I think he's an exceptional talent. He's in the right team, right scheme, right coach. He's got all the tools around him, so he'll be a good one to go. And another thing to consider, quarterbacks and the salary cap are a lot different. Sam Bradford was, I think, one of the last quarterbacks to be paid an obscene amount of money when he was drafted by the St. Louis Rams. And you're like, well, what what does money have to do with it? Well, listen to me here. When he was making all that money, the Rams basically were like, you know, we got to make sure we this is the guy. We're paying him a lot of money to be our, our future of the of the franchise. We got to groom him. So they let him sit a little bit until somebody got hurt and eventually ended up playing. But that wasn't their initial plan was to have him play. They wanted him to sit. But because they were paying him, I think, 70 million, I think, one year or 40 million or something like that, some crazy number. The Rams could not invest in offensive line, any weapons, or even on the defensive side. And what? He struggled, and he got hurt a lot. And, he's, you know, Sam Bradford was riddled with injuries. But now they put a cap on these first-round draft picks. I mean, they're still making millions of dollars, but teams are a little bit more comfortable with actually – let's just throw them out there. Prime example, Arizona Cardinals. They took Josh Rosen – one year, literally the next year, he's out of there. Why? Because he took Kyler Murray. And it was okay because they were like, well, you know, Josh Rosen, we're not paying him a lot. We're not invested in him like that. So so we, so we, what if we have to eat some of that contract? That's fine. Because the opportunity to get a, a Kyler Murray outweighs the Josh Rosen contract any day of the week. So teams now are understanding that and they're like, you know what? We can take these guys. We don't have to pay them too much money. We can throw them out there, see what they got, and if we don't like it, we just we just ship them off somewhere and we just eat the contract or we'll find someone to take the contract. 
versus I'm pretty sure the Rams would have loved to probably trade Sam Bradford sooner than later. But they couldn't find anyone because he had a massive contract with really no success. And the crazy thing about it, he continued to keep getting contracts. So I don't know. He's made a lot of money and he hasn't played a lot of football. So I, I, I <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny to me. I mean, it's, it sucks that he got hurt, but then it doesn't suck because he still got paid a tremendous amount of money. But to double back to what Bruce said, let them play. These young guys can handle it. They really can. Now, like I said, there are outliers, but if you're not paying them a lot and you've invested a high pick in them, Just let them play. I mean, really, just let them play. Well, cool. So I'm going to take my first break. Um, when I get back, we're going to talk to the ooh, the sports oracle. He's going to drop in real quick, friend of the show. He's going to discuss NBA odds, what teams he thinks he likes, who can win it all. Maybe it's your team. Probably not because there's only t- three teams left, in my opinion. I know there's 22 teams, but there's only three teams that could win this whole thing. So... The sports oracle will come on. He's going to kind of give us a few of his top picks and odds. Come on. I couldn't do a show here in Las Vegas and not have odds. That'd be blasphemous. So he'll be on here after we come back from the break. This is Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. Let's go. Hey, everybody. This is is Dallas. And listen to Clutch Sports Talk. And let's go. Welcome back, everyone. This is Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. Yeah, that's me. You hear that music in the background, you know what time it is. It's only NBA season. That's what that music means. So to talk about the NBA that's coming up next month, kind of give you guys a little advantage on some of the odds making, I want to introduce to the show The Oracle. You can catch him on Instagram at The Oracle of Sports, all one word. What's up, what's up Oracle? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Clutch. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Just trying to survive during this whole COVID and the craziness that's going on in this world, man. So what's going on with you? Oh, yeah, totally feel that, bro. It's, it's crazy times, but, you know, luckily we can get together and talk about the stuff that brings us together, like sports. So thanks again for having me on the show. It's an honor. Uh, again, I'm at the Oracle of Sports, all one word, uh, no D in the front. But I just wanted to share some information regarding the NBA. Uh, first, I want to start off with my five favorite teams. And this is, this is to win it all. So um, I have a couple odds here. So number one, uh, we have the Los Angeles Lakers. And these odds are as of uh, June 8th. But uh, I want to go over kind of my favorites and how I interpreted them. So we have the Los Angeles Lakers at plus 190. We have the Milwaukee Bucks plus 290. In third place, we have the Clippers at plus 300. Celtics plus 1,200, and then the Rockets at plus 1,400. But my personal favorite, number one, going into the finals are the Milwaukee Pucks. And there's a few reasons for this. Yep. Yep. Two reasons for this. Uh, They have Flash Mountain, the Lopez brothers, you know, two two top-tier centers, you know, twins. They play the Stanford 
they have a lot of chemistry, and, and Brooks is hitting that three. Not to mention they're the number one ranked defense in the league. Uh, you have shooters surrounding the Greek freak when he drives. Uh, not to mention you have Bledsoe and Middleton, which, you know, Bledsoe can get back to his all-star form, especially with the hiatus. I'm right. sure he's healed up nicely. Right. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then in regards to the Bucks. So you got them as the favorite. Do you feel mm-hmm. any concern of maybe the moment might be too big for them again? You know, because they kind of they choked last year against the Raptors. Do you think that you might see that again um, this time around? I don't. And the reason I have that is because we, we see Giannis, his evolution. You know, he just keeps getting better. He keeps getting stronger. He keeps getting faster. On top of that, they have uh, that additional Lopez brother. They also have, you know, a sleeper in Wesley Matthews who he hits that corner three with ease in his sleep. So the whole the whole scheme, they, they have the chemistry, they have the city behind them, their coach is solid. Um, I don't anticipate that happening. Another factor is the Raptors had the claw last year. Claw's in, in L.A. now. Um, I do like the Clippers, but I don't think they have what it takes to win it all this year. Really? So who do you see the Bucks playing in the finals potentially? I, I see the Bucks going against the Lakers. The Lakers, okay. And uh, my money isn't going on the Lakers just because I'm a little concerned about their lack of depth after you have the two huge superstars of LeBron and AD. I mean, they have some nice pieces. And the reason I have them going to the finals is just because of that sheer one-two power. So assuming LeBron and AD stay, stay healthy, I don't see them being stopped. I also feel like the league wants the Lakers in the finals. Right, right. No, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Um, so, so you don't think the Clippers have enough to beat the the two powerful stars with uh, AD and LeBron? No, they. I like Paul George. I like the Claw. I mean, they they have a few good shooters. Montrezl Harrell's nice, but I just I feel like when it comes to clutch time, yeah, we we know the Claw can do it. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm looking at LeBron and AD, and I'm just like, how how can how can anybody handle that besides the Bucks? I mean, the Clippers have a decent chance, but I just feel like at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, LeBron's going to take over. We're going to see AD play out of his mind. There is speculation that AD gets signed elsewhere after this year. So I do, I do see him going big for this run in LA, especially after Kobe died. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of mojo, I'd say, going for the right. Lakers at this point. It makes a lot of sense for the Lakers to be in the mix, considering everything that's mm-hmm. happened, you know, in the last six, seven months. So, okay. With that said, um, so those are basically the top three teams that I think mostly everyone can agree upon. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. Now, obviously, the, the whole 22 format team, um, there's some other teams that are kind of in the hunt. And I, mm-hmm. I think I saw on your Instagram page you had something about the Pelicans possibly trying to make a run, or or do you, how do you like their roster, uh, especially going into this shortened season in the end? Yeah, you know I'm I'm actually all over the uh, Pelicans. They are, I believe, how many games back are they? Let me find out here. So they're about a five, four or five, I believe, behind. like Memphis yeah, or something or five. like that. And Memphis, I mean, you have, you have Morant, you know, they have a couple nice pieces, but I wouldn't be shocked if Memphis loses a few games and then we see the Pelicans just rally. You have Zion coming back fully healthy. You know, you got Drew Holiday, you got Lonzo Ball. They have some nice shooters. 
And I feel like it comes down to that narrative, too. The NBA wants to see Zion, you know, get to the playoffs. That's going to be, you know, the whole fanhood loves Zion. They love his story, love where he came from. And so I really could see the Pelicans sneaking into that eighth spot. And if not them, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to Portland Trailblazers, Lillard. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's game time. And we got Collins and Nurkic coming back off injury. Right. Those are two big posts. Yo, no, you're absolutely right. I think the Blazers didn't have a great season overall, but they did suffer some injuries. I think McCollum missed some time. Obviously, the two big guys missed some time. And hopefully this whole COVID pandemic situation gave them an opportunity to kind of get ready. Um, It's going to be crazy because, I mean, there's only going to be eight games to play before the whole thing is decided. And then on top of that, there's no home court advantage. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how some of these teams, especially veteran teams. I don't, my, my whole thing with the Pelicans is that they're kind of a young team. And with this whole COVID situation, I don't know if they're going to have the, uh, the wherewithal to kind of withstand the extraordinary situation that we're in other than a team that's kind of, that has a lot of veteran and leadership, especially from the coaching staff all the way down through like the management, which why I think Lakers, Clippers, and the Bucks pretty much are the that's why they're they're, they're the front runners. Um any other teams that you can think about if you were going to to place a bet today, what well, I mean you think would actually make the playoffs and actually make a deep run? Oh yeah. So if I if I you know, I'm a betting man, so if I had, you know, a few extra dollars and I'm I'm going to the sports book, I'm I'm gonna be all over, to be honest. Uh, you already mentioned the Bucks, but looking at the value here, there's a lot of value in the Rockets, Raptors, and 76ers. They're giving you a lot more bang for your buck. And uh, those three teams, especially, you know, the Raptors, we've seen them go deep, uh, even without Kawhi. We see they have good chemistry. They have big shots. Dan Fleet, you got Lowry, Siakam, Ibaka, Norman Powell. You know, arguably, he could be six man a year the way he plays and gets right. hot. Um, so I really like those three teams. If I was going to bet, you know, besides the Bucks, obviously, as a favorite, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Raptors, 76ers, or Rockets. You can't can't ever count out the Rockets. I mean, Harden, Westbrook, those two alone can each put up 40 a night. True, but I think we've, we've seen in the past that James Harden wears down in the playoffs and, and Westbrook pretty much just shoots his team out of the game, so... Uh, they're great. They're, they're great in the regular season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're they're absolutely tremendous. But but I think their their styles in the end. Because I mean, let's just be real. Harding gets a lot of calls during the regular season, and in the playoffs, the referees tend to swallow that whistle and let the players play. So calls that he would normally get in the regular season, he's not getting in the playoffs, and therefore he's not at the free throw line as often as he is. And then, like I said again, Westbrook just shoots his team out of game. So. Um, I, I like them collectively, but I like you know like to our point in the beginning. To me, they I think their windows closed. I think adding Westbrook to that team really didn't make the Houston Rockets any better. When they had CP3, um, they're just kind of like right there at the uh, in the middle of the pack. I want to say the middle of the pack, but they're the next tier. Um, but w- what do you think about Denver Nuggets? Uh, because a lot of people are kind of very high on them. Uh, What's your take on them going into this, you know, shortened season here? The Nuggets are a home team, so they they have problems on the road. And, you know, the Joker, he's solid, but this year he hasn't. He had a slow start. He kind of heat up right before the break, the COVID-19 break. 
but he's just not that athletic. And right. I feel like he has the skills, but when it comes down to banging in the post, you know, against like AD or Harrell or even Gobert, you know, he's going to really struggle. I mean, I could see him struggling even with Robert Covington on the Rockets and Covington 6'8". Right. So the, that's my thing. And, and Jamal Murray's a great player, but I'm looking for consistency here. The Nuggets don't really have like a, you know, a star guard yeah. that, that they one can guy, count on to get that a That one guy they can go mm-hmm. to in the end. I know, I get you. So let me ask you this. It was re- it was reported that maybe Kevin Durant would have possibly suited up uh, for this last piece of the season. If he was able to go, if he agreed to go, do you think the Nets would have possibly been one of your favorites over the Bucks? I can't say over the Bucks, but I, I, I have to give uh, Durantula credit that any team you throw on Kevin Durant with any four NBA players, they got a shot. That's how good this guy is. He's up there as far as Kobe offensively. You know, we haven't really seen an offensive force like Kevin Durant. And then on the other end, he was I believe he was leading the league in blocks uh, a few times throughout his career as well. Right. So, um, you know, giving him fully healthy, also Karis LeVert, who's, who's kind of like a an underrated player. He can put up a triple-double any night. Spencer Dinwiddie. Right. All and then if, if Kyrie, you know, he's, he's kind of taking a stance and looking at a break just due to the political environment. But if Kyrie comes back too, then you have a star-studded roster. So right now the Nets, you know, plus, what are they, plus 5,000, plus 5,500. If KD comes back, I mean, you're looking at that getting dropped at what, plus Two thousand. So. Yeah, probably. So they're. I mean, they're they're I, right up there in the top four teams that could probably win it all. Like, I mean, especially with Kevin Durant, he's that big of a deal. I mean, you see what happened to Golden State when he's left. Granted, Golden State had injuries with Curry and Thompson, but still, I mean, he he's that impactful of a player. Not too many guys in the league are that impactful. Kevin Durant is definitely one of those guys. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's up there with Giannis. Harden, you know, Westbrook, any star in the league, you can't really argue they're better than a prime Kevin Durant. I mean, I have trouble myself finding a player that's better than a prime Kevin Durant. You look, you compare, I guess the only player you could say is maybe LeBron, but even then, I don't I don't think we've ever seen a player with the offensive toolbook besides Kobe that uh, KD has. Right. Two things before you get out of here, Oracle. One, who's winning the MVP? The MVP this year. Now, that's a great question. I haven't put too much thought into it, but I will have to say that I won't be shocked if it's Giannis. I really won't. Okay, okay. And last one. So you got the Bucks winning it. How many games? I'm going to go with the Bucks in six. Six, okay. Okay. I... I don't knock you for that. I think, you know, that's a that's a good pick. The Bucks are a solid team. Giannis... And the rest of his teammates, they got good coaching. Maybe they get it done. But, hey, Oracle, man, I appreciate you, man. Hey, let everyone know where you're at again on uh, social media. Oh, yeah, I'm at Oracle of Sports, all one word. So, you know, if you want to win, listen to the Oracle. Thanks again, Clutch, for having me on. I appreciate the time. All right, man. We'll, we'll bring you back next time. Yep, have a good one. All right, man, peace. All right, you heard the man, Oracle. He's got the Bucks in six. Well, we'll see. I mean, a lot has to be played out. Before the season is even over, I mean, those eight games are going to go by quickly when when they do play them. Injuries, who knows? Maybe players test positive for COVID. Odds can change, so I'll definitely have to bring the Oracle back on once everything is up and running. But I want to kind of give you guys just a 
an advantage if you were thinking about going down and uh, putting some money down on, on some of these NBA games. So we'll see. So appreciate the Oracle for coming on. Like I said, you can catch him at Instagram on, uh, excuse me, at the Oracle of Sports, all one word together. Cool. I'm just glad NBA is coming back. Man, I need something to watch. Well, moving right along, uh, I'm going to take one final break. When we get back, actually, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Dak Prescott. For you Cowboy fans out there, what's up with his contract? It's kind of, no one's really been talking about it lately. At least I haven't seen a lot of it, but maybe I'm wrong. But hopefully I have a special guest when we come back. But hey, this is Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. Let's go. Hey everybody, this is Aubrey and I want you guys to listen to my daddy's podcast called Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. Let's go! Welcome back, everybody. This is Clutch Sports Talk with me, your host, Ryan Flowers. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. Going into the last segment of, the, of today's episode, talk a little bit about Dak Prescott's contract and um, how much news it's been getting, you know, since the season ended. Now, currently, Dak Prescott is in the final year of his contract. He needs to renegotiate by July 15th, or if not, he will become a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent. I'm not for sure, but basically he'll sign a franchise tag and he'll make about $31 million uh, for the Cowboys in this last season, which is quite a bit of money. Now, quarterbacks get paid every year and it's not a problem. But for some reason, when it comes to Dak Prescott, a lot of people have a lot to say in regards to him making his money. Now, the Cowboys have made an offer. Um, it wasn't quite as substantial as Dak would hope. They kind of want to do a long-term deal. He kind of wants to do a short-term deal. Uh, so that way he can maybe possibly play another, you know, go for another contract for a big dollar amount. Uh, but the Cowboys aren't willing to basically reduce the years. They want to kind of keep the years at where they're at, which I believe is about four or five years. But Dak is like, hey, you know what? I'll play three years on a contract, but I need to get paid. Now it's reportedly, excuse me, reported that he's looking to make forty plus million, which would make him, uh, if not the most paid, the highest paid quarterback in the league, uh, higher than Patrick Mahomes, who just won a Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, all the other types of elite uh, quarterbacks in the NFL today. And I think that's where a lot of people come in and have a lot to say in regards to Dak Prescott getting his money. Now, if quarterbacks have made money, I know. Kirk Cousins made a lot of money. You know, he signed a, a new deal with the Vikings. You know, people come complained about that as well. Uh, there's been other quarterbacks in history that have made a decent amount of money and not necessarily provided or accomplished a lot that Dak Prescott, excuse me, Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott has accomplished in his three or four years in the NFL. He is he's got, he's got 25 wins. You know, being after being picked in the fourth round. He's making about $2 million. 
something close to that. But he is definitely willing to to go out there and try to get his you know secure the bag, get his money. Now, why are the Cowboys so hesitant? I don't know because if anything, we do know Jerry has paid his guys. He paid Romo a lot of money. He paid a lot of guys back in the day. He paid Marion Barber a lot of money back in the day. Even, even today, you know, he's paying Amari. He's paying Zeke. He's playing Tyron Smith. He just paid Jalen Smith. So guys are being paid within the organization. It's just a matter at the quarterback position. And let me just say this. The quarterback position is the most important position in football today. You don't have the right quarterback, you are in trouble. That's why teams are vying to get the guy. Now, do the Cowboys have the guy? I don't know. Here's what I will say about Dick Prescott. He does have a lot of intangibles that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. Or, matter of fact, he has a lot of intangibles that you're looking for within a quarterback. Leadership ability. He's dependable. Guys look up to him. Overall, he's what you need in a franchise quarterback from the uh, unintangible stuff. Now, can he throw the ball? He can throw the ball. His accuracy needs to get a little bit better. But overall, he's won a lot of games in this league. Now, some people will say, well, Ryan, he's had a solid offensive line his first four years in the league. He's got Zeke Elliott. They added Amari Cooper. I mean, you look at Carson Wentz and what he did last season, basically putting the team on his back and winning that NFC East division with basically guys that were working at UPS or FedEx the week before. Now, a lot of that to me, I think, has to do with the coaching. Coaching is gone now. They had a change now. Mike McCarthy's the guy in Dallas. Jason Garrett is out. So this is a big year for Dak tremendous tremendous year for him he's gonna have to play big he's betting on himself i think right now the cowboys and dallas excuse me and dak prescott are playing a game of chicken and neither one of them is looking that they want to budge now you have to look at it from a cowboy standpoint they don't want to invest their money because maybe deep down inside they know maybe he's not he's not tony romo i'm just gonna say this right now for all you people out there that think tony romo was was a bum i'm Come on, you got to watch football. Tony Romo was a hell of a player. And I'm not just saying that because I am a, a, a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm saying that because I watched him play and I watched other guys play. And he was really good. Now, is he Hall of Fame good? I, I don't know. But he definitely, at, at a point in time in the league, with him and T.O. together, I mean, it's just sad for Tony Romo because he had a lot of injuries. And basically, that ended his career. But he threw the ball accurately. He knew how to read defenses. Probably wasn't as vocal a leader that you probably want. But I wasn't in the locker room, so I couldn't tell you. On the field, just watching the games, you didn't see that much. But you knew that Tony Romo had a feel for the game. And so Jerry paid him. So now people are like, well, why won't he pay Dak? Some people trying to make it a race thing. I don't think it's really a race thing because obviously Jerry Jones pays other African-American players. Just he's not trying to invest a lot of money in a quarterback. I always put it like this. Finding the right quarterback is almost finding your spouse. 
for me as a man, you're looking at it from a wife's perspective. You don't want to get that wrong, man. <laughs> you really don't. Because if you get it wrong, it could, it could hurt you for quite some time. And the same thing goes with looking for a quarterback. How many times have we seen guys or teams take, you know, use their draft pick and use it on a guy that they thought maybe was going to be the next quarterback, but it didn't pan out that way? And then they're stuck with this contract and the pressure from the media. You got to play this guy or why aren't you playing this guy? Because you draft him so high. It's like, whatever. You know, they're over it. You look at Dak's point of view. He's looking at it as well. A bunch of you guys passed over me. Cowboys took me in the fourth round. I ended up getting the starting job because Romo got hurt. And then when, when Romo was uh, available to play, they stayed with him because he was the hot hand. And he led them into the playoffs where they eventually lost to the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round of the uh, 2016 playoffs, I think it was. But there's a lot to say about this. Will a deal get done? I think I think it will get done. But I do think that Dak is willing to play the year out on that franchise tag and, and take his chances. I don't think Jerry wants to go out and find another quarterback. I think he does like Dak. He does like what he does bring to the organization overall, especially with what is going on in the world today. Dak is, is basically the perfect person you need to kind of just quell the storm and just make it all about football, which he's doing. He's not vocal. He's a very humble guy from all accounts. Doesn't get in trouble. Doesn't party like that. I mean, I know recently they had the whole scandal with the birthday party at his house or someone's house where there was like 50 people. I don't know. But other than that, you don't really hear too much about Dak Prescott. Personally, I think the Cowboys are going to just go ahead and pay him. Now, is he worth $45 million plus or whatever he's asking for? No, he's not. Just to, be, just to be honest. I'm not that type of Cowboy fan that will just say anything just because he's a Cowboys. I think he's worth roughly around you know, $35, $38 million a year because that's what the market calls for. And eventually, Patrick Mahomes will be the highest paid quarterback in the history of NFL. His contract will probably supersede $200 million total. But I don't think Dak Prescott is is there. Now, if he went out and won a Super Bowl for us, okay, I can see that. But he he does need a lot of help. And when you look at elite quarterbacks, you look at guys that can just go out there and just carry teams. Now, I'm not saying like the guys like Mahomes and Russell Wilson don't need help, but look, let's just look at Russell Wilson, for example. When, when they drafted him, they, they thought they had the guy in Matt Flynn who had played for Green Bay, backed up Aaron Rodgers a little bit. They brought him in and they drafted Russell Wilson. They, they just assumed that Matt Flynn would be the guy. Russell Wilson ended up beating him out. You know, the story goes on and wins the Super Bowl. But Seattle's team was built around the Legion of Boom. That defense was the heart and soul of Seattle Seahawks football. And now you look in that locker room, you look at that roster, Who's left from that Legion of Boom? Bobby Wagner, that's about it. But the key, the key figures from that team are gone. But who else is left? Russell Wilson. And he's still continuing to carry that team. If you remove Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks, 
Who are they? They're nobody. He's had to play with banged up offensive lines. Last year, I think they started like five or six running backs. He's never really had like a number one wide receiver. Maybe he has that now with DK Metcalf. I mean, Doug Baldwin's good. Don't get me wrong. But people don't, when you think of receivers, you don't think of Doug Baldwin as an elite top five wide receiver. You know, they added Greg Olson this offseason. But Russell Wilson is a constant in that organization. He is worth every dollar that is invested in him. Why? Because without him, that team goes to the wayside. Now you can compare that with Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys um, picked up Andy Dalton, and their mindset is, well, you know what? Andy Dalton has been a pretty, pretty solid quarterback in the National Football League. Now, he's had his ups and downs. I mean, let's just be honest. The Cincinnati Bengals is not a model organization of any kind, at least not in my lifetime. But anyway. But Jerry Jones and the brain trust at that organization, they looked at it, well, you know what? If he doesn't want to, to, to take the deal, we can probably plug and play Andy Dalton. And that's, and that's key. That, that, that signing was crucial because it, lets, it tells Dak that, hey, we like you, but if we got to keep the train rolling, we will because we have a veteran, Andy Dalton. And can Andy Dalton do the things that Dak does? Uh, maybe not. Dak is younger, obviously. Dak is a baller. Don't get me wrong, man. I, I love Dak Prescott. I think he's a model, a model quarterback. He just needs to clean up some of his accuracy. But he's a player. And I think it all boils down to how they're going to use him moving forward. And hopefully with the new scheme and new coaching that they're going to be getting this year, maybe he takes that next leap forward. I mean, he threw over, I mean, he threw for 3,000 yards last year. Mind you, they were coming back from in a lot of those games. So who knows? Those numbers can be distorted. But until this deal gets done, it's, it's going to be constant, you know, on any sports show, newspaper article, ESPN, anywhere you go to for your sports news, it's going to be talked about. But overall, I think Dak is worth not $40 million plus, but somewhere around 35 38 but I think the, the Cowboys are pretty comfortable in the situation that they have now that they're going to just say, you know what, we'll let them play it out. We have Andy Dalton, and we're going to roll, we're going to roll with that. But there has been a lot of talk about this contract, more than, than I can remember in any contract dispute with a quarterback in recent memory. Could it be racially ignited? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think everything is about race in this country even though race does play a big part in this country, but I don't think in this particular case it has anything to do with race. I think it has more to do with production and what can you do because you're not paying him for what technically he's done. You're paying him for what you think he can do. And I don't think the Cowboys think maybe they can get to the Super Bowl. They may say that in the newspaper, but maybe behind closed doors they're like, we like him, but is he going to take us to the promised land? I don't know. So we'll just have to wait and see. Well, that's my time. Hope everyone enjoyed the show. I want to uh, give a shout out to the uh, Sports Oracle. Came on the show, gave us a little about the NBA wagering and talked a little bit about his favorites and who he thinks will win it all. I think he said the Bucks, right? Had some good points. But overall, appreciate him for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. 
Hey, remember, you guys can listen to me on multiple platforms. I'm available on the Anchor Podcast app, Spotify, Tuned In, and Apple Podcasts. So just download it. Do me a favor, download it, guys, and listen to all of my other episodes. But I hope you guys enjoyed. Stay safe. Appreciate you guys. This is Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers. Never settle until the work is done. Let's go.